My sister Janelle and I were on the topic of how we have to battle the temptation of getting so worked up over things. And then she said this, well, it took us a lot of years to get to this level of high strungness. (laughs) High strungness is my new favorite homemade phrase. Too bad it's an undesirable one. She was right though. We had years of practice at being high strung, which is really a cover phrase for a person who's controlling. The desire to control the outcomes and people in our lives is a very common temptation. It's also flawed, and it runs through the fabric of our lives, making us tense and anxious. Why would anyone want to be high-strung and controlling on purpose? Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Sharing lessons from the Word of God is her passion. Now, back to today's important study. I don't think we really want to be controlling. It's more like a tendency that comes with our carnal nature, and it feeds off of imaginations that we know what's best. How can we imagine that we're in control when we can't even tell ourselves what to do? I mean, how many times have you said to yourself, don't say it, and then you went ahead and blurted out the statement that led to an argument? We can't even boss ourselves around. Being in control of life circumstances is an illusion and a delusion. We can trick ourselves into believing that if we manipulate situations just right, things will turn out according to our desires. The problem with this plot is that we're out of line. People with control issues also have major trust issues, and the lack of trust starts with God, and then it works its way down into other relationships. How can we learn to let go of our controlling tendencies? First, we need to recognize the signs, and then we can pray for wisdom to step aside and pass the controls back to God where they belong. We can't control every situation and we have even less control over people. But we can control our reactions and responses. This episode is directed to the controlling types. Some of you may live with a controlling person, and that would be a whole nother episode. In fact, know that we can't dive deep into this brief lesson, so let's just consider three signs of a controlling person and some suggestions on ways to give up this draining habit. First, Controlling people prefer to run things themselves. Why does a controller do this when it obviously adds to their workload? Well, because there's a payoff. Being in charge gives a false sense of security. The unspoken thought process is something like this. If I'm in charge, then things will get done right. Control issues are often tied to a lack of trust in the abilities of others. The controlling person feels like, They are the best person for the job, even if they aren't. The Bible calls this type of thinking being clean in our own eyes. God sees right through to the real motive, which is trying to be in control. Here's what it says in Proverbs 16:2: All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Controlling people have habits that make them edgy and overbearing. People who work or live with a controlling person have to face the pressure of a continuous stream of bossiness mixed with micromanagement. 
Are you this person? It will take time, but God can transform you and train you out of this domineering habit. Psalm 119 verse 66 is a teach me verse that makes a great prayer request. It says this, teach me good judgment and knowledge for I have believed thy commandments. If you've been trying to repeatedly position yourself as the person in charge, take a step back and ask God to teach you good judgment and knowledge. When God transforms our thinking, we learn that surrendering our fear of things not being done right takes more strength than trying to be in control. It's so much less stressful when we're not trying to run everything. Pray for good judgment and then take your hands off. Secondly, controlling people think their way is best. Have you ever looked at something that someone else is doing and you thought to yourself, Ah, I'd do that differently. The Bible calls this being wise in our own conceit. Proverbs 26.12 puts it very plainly. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. Controlling people are armchair experts on lots of topics, and they have a hard time watching someone do something in a different way than they would do it. Controlling people also feel a need to insert themselves into situations, offering unsolicited advice and making it seem like any other way is flawed or just plain wrong. Their way is the clearly right way to do things, in their estimation. Imagining that our way is best feeds a critical spirit and keeps us from working well with others. If you've been in the workplace or in the ministry any length of time, you've come across the person who's territorial and would rather work into the middle of the night than delegate things to help move the work along. This critical spirit also infects homes. A little side note to wives. If you're staging a takeover with your husband in any area, you may get your way, but it won't be a victory. You've just succeeded at straining your relationship. And by the way, if you have children, you're also giving them a home education on how to become controllers when they're older. Did you ever stop to think that our behaviors are patterns for others? They are. Another problem with thinking that our way is best is that it feeds our pride. Pride doesn't need any more food. It's already overweight. There's a degree of superiority in our thinking when we imagine that we do things way better than others. A wrong focus leads to a wrong emphasis, and that wrong emphasis will lead to a flawed outcome. What are we really after here? Are we seeking the applause of others by taking everything into our own hands? Is it because we want a pat on the back? Or are we trying to magnify the Lord in all we do? If we're trying to magnify the Lord, then we're not going to try to put ourselves in control. Sometimes our high estimation of our own ideas creates a blind spot, and we can't see that we're about to sideswipe another person. Fortunately for us, other people can't read our thoughts, but God knows our thoughts. So we may end up with an extra class in humility training if we're not willing to change. The solution to pride is humility. We can learn humility by submitting to God or we can learn it by making some self-directed messes that we're going to have to clean up. Proverbs 29:23 reminds us that a man's pride will bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. 
And finally, number three on this list of signs of a controlling person, controlling people use emotions to manipulate people. When a person engages in manipulative behaviors, their goal is to have their own way, even if it hurts someone else. Proverbs 16.2 reminds us that all the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Only God has the ability to truly measure the mind and motives of our hearts. We are so results-oriented that we may fail to see that our methods are not pleasing to God. Whenever we have the mentality that results justify misconduct, we're off course. Here's a short list of behaviors designed to manipulate and control others. The cold shoulder. Oh, sure, stop talking to someone. You're bound to get their attention, but you're also using it as a move of manipulation. Angry outbursts is another one on the short list. When we blow up all over people because they didn't do something the way we wanted it done, it's actually an effort to control them. It's just thinly veiled. And finally, painting others in a bad light is on that short list of manipulation to control others. If we make someone else look bad so that we can look good, so that we can be in control, then we are manipulating. Sometimes we're even unaware that we've drifted into controlling behavior, but more often than not, we're aware of it, but we've decided to pretend that what we're doing is acceptable. Most of us know what it says in Psalm 1914. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Knowing Scripture is only part of the equation. Living it is the other part. Our words and thoughts are continuously related, and if we're not careful, the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts may become polluted. Just because we approve of our behavior doesn't mean that we're meeting with God's approval. Since God can see what we're doing and why we're doing it, we need to remind ourselves to live in a way that would delight the Lord, not disappoint Him. Proverbs 11.20 reminds us of an important life principle. They that are of a froward heart are abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are His delight. If we want to delight the Lord, we'll have to stop trying to scheme and manipulate people to get our own way. Are you a controlling person, or are you maintaining a high-maintenance relationship with one? Either way, it can be exhausting. Any of us could go through this struggle, by the way, and as my sister said to me, it takes years to get to this level of high-strungness. A controlling personality is a complicated mix of fear, pride, and a lack of trust. Pray for wisdom to handle matters wisely, asking the Lord to guide you to make changes wherever needed. You've been listening to Francie Taylor. For more from Francie, visit keeptheheart.com for devotionals, books, and the popular Bible study series, I See You, In Christ Unconditionally. I See You is flexible by design and encourages users to develop the habit of daily Bible study. Visit keeptheheart.com today. Thank you for listening.